Okay, good morning. Oh, well, what, a, what a great day. I, I, I echo uh, Sam's uh, sentiment. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people that are traveling, so I want to uh, welcome those that are traveling, watching while they're traveling, those that are watching from home. I want to talk to you today about something really exciting. I like, I, I like exciting. Do you like exciting? You know, we are almost finished with 2020. Woo! Yay! Uh, a lot of people look at 2020 and they think, oh man, a lot of bad things happened. But do you know there's a lot of good things that happened too? Now, I want to talk to you today about pursuing your dreams, chasing your dreams, chasing them down. Now, I know in 2020, there were a lot of people uh, that had dreams that were broken. No one could have anticipated the events that would have unfolded around us. I mean, I mean, last year, about this time, I started thinking about all the things I wanted to do. And I know one of the things on my list is I wanted to visit the, the shut-ins that are part of our church. I wanted to visit them more frequently and, and be able to see them. And I started off really well. And then February hit where we couldn't even see people. Isn't that amazing how one little event or one big event can shape and adjust and break and tear down the, the vision and the dreams that you have? I know of many people this year that, that have mom-and-pop businesses that have gone out, put a, put a closed sign on the door to never open again. And that wasn't their dream. I, I can tell you, I can promise you this. Anybody that's ever started a business, they don't start the business and say, you know what, I think I'm going to run this for about three years. And just when it really starts getting going and, and going well, I think I'll just hope for a pandemic. Are you with me? And yet there's hope. There's a lot of hope. See, and I want to talk to you today about, about your, your dreams. I know everybody has them. They have goals that they want to accomplish, and they, they have a, a purpose in life. And not only in this life, but I believe that every child of God has a God-given purpose. And that God-given purpose should be your God-given dream, your goal to achieve what Christ wants you to achieve, to conquer what Christ wants you to conquer, to, to be able to pursue it with everything in you. But you have an enemy of your dream. You have an enemy of your goals, of your purposes, of your plans. And that enemy always comes to you in the darkest hours. And that enemy is simply fear. Fear will keep you from chasing down your vision, your goals, and your dreams. I want to encourage you today, don't let fear box you in. It's been said many times, and I believe this to be true, that at the end of days, and I've talked to many people at the end of their days, and, and, and they never worry about the things they did. It's always the things they didn't do. 
the things they did, good or bad, they don't worry about them. It's the things they didn't do that haunt them. And fear keeps us from pursuing what we really want to do, who we really want to be. It's, it's fear that locks us in. It's fear that, that cripples us from being able to stand up and walk into that, into that, new, that new day and that, that vision that we really want to pursue. But I want to I want to focus on, on a couple of things, and I don't know what your vision is. I don't know what your plan is. I don't know what your goal is. I don't know what your God-given passion is in your life. But I do know this, that you can't allow fear or setbacks to keep you and to hinder you from pursuing what God wants you to do. You, you can't allow personal setbacks. Thomas Edison, I love Thomas Edison, and it's been said that, that he tried at least 10,000 ways to create a light bulb. I would have given up after three. Three is the number. If I don't get it by three, I move on to something else. But 10,000, he was asked once, he said, well, well, doesn't that depress you? Doesn't that make you sad that, that you've tried so many times and, and you kept going? He said, you know... I have discovered 10,000 things that absolutely will not work. See, it's, it's, it's how your perspective. Don't allow, just because you've had a personal setback, maybe in, the, uh, in this physical world, maybe with your job or, or with your family, or maybe it's a spiritual thing that you're, you really wanted to jump out and conquer some things in your own personal life. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody really quick. That one just hit me. Perhaps there's some things in your own spiritual life that you wanted to conquer, that you wanted to overcome this last year, and here you are at the end of 2020, and they're still there. Can I encourage you? Don't let your setbacks stop you. Don't look back and say, oh, I was defeated, because you can be a victor in Jesus Christ today. You don't have to wait any longer. Today. You can say, uh, Micah, Micah 5 and 2, that's one of my favorite verses. He said, don't rejoice against me, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. Life is about, uh, it's not about, rather, being perfect all the time. Life is about when you make mistakes, you get up and you dust yourself off, you ask the Lord to forgive you, and you move on. You set your, the author and finisher of your faith ahead of you. So don't allow your personal setbacks to interfere. Don't allow misunderstanding, people misunderstanding you. I will promise you this. If you have a dream, a passion, a goal, a vision, something that is in you, in here, not everybody's going to understand it. Albert Einstein did not speak until he was after three years old. We would have thought something was wrong with him. In fact, when he was in school, his teachers disciplined him because they thought he was lazy and wrote a, a letter to his parents and said, I believe that Albert is lazy because he's always thinking about abstract things. Like, 
how the gravitational pull of a planet actually bends light rays as it passes by. So just because you have a dream and a passion and a vision, you want to see something happen in your life or you want something to be created in your life and other people don't understand it, it doesn't matter if other people don't understand it. If God has given it to you and you understand it, then pursue it with everything in you. And there will be a day when people will understand. You also got to appreciate your vision. Vincent Van Gogh, remember Vincent Van Gogh? Yeah, he had, he had, uh, he was a great painter. He had, he had a great artist. Painted 900 paintings in his lifetime. Sold one. One. Now, I would do, after the third painting, if I hadn't sold them, I would, I would have went and did something else. But he was so passionate and so committed to his, to his drive, to his goal. He was an artist, and even though other people didn't appreciate his art at the time. By the way, in 1990, he had, a, he had one of his paintings. It was the doctor that helped him in the last years of his life. He painted it and, it, and it went up for auction and sold for, I think it was $80.5 million. He didn't didn't worry that other people didn't appreciate his vision. He kept pursuing it and kept pursuing it. And he never saw it during his lifetime. You ever hear of a guy named Walt Disney? Walt Disney worked for the the Kansas City uh, newspaper. And his editor called him in one day and fired him. Because he, had, he said he had a lack of imagination and creativity. <laughs> so he, he started a business, ran the business into bankruptcy, and then moved to California and got into drawing cartoons, and the rest is history. You see, it doesn't matter if people understand you. It doesn't matter if... If your vision is, is, seems like it's impossible, it doesn't matter if you have setback after setback after setback. If it's in your heart, it is, and it's your passion and your goal, I want to encourage you, it doesn't matter what 2020 has brought, keep pursuing your goal. See, everyone has setbacks. Fred Smith from Federal Express, he was told that his business plan was was basically garbage and it would never work. Sam Walton that that started Walmart, everybody told him you don't start uh, grocery stores and you don't start stores out in the middle of the country, you bring them into the city. And he he went against the mold. He, He followed his vision and his vision led him to be one of the great, the richest families in the United States. See, and the same is true about serving God. You have to follow your dream. 
You have to follow what God has put in your heart. And it doesn't matter what 2020 has brought. It doesn't matter what 2021 is going to bring. What really matters is, are you fully convinced what God has put in your heart, and are you pursuing it with everything in you? And if you have a setback, are you getting back up or are you quitting? I wonder what would have happened if, if Noah would have quit. I mean, talking about no one appreciating your life's work until it rained. At that moment, everybody appreciated the ark. Follow what God has put in you. Live it with passion. I, I love the story of David and Goliath, but can you imagine the ridicule that David had? Not only from his brothers, but from the rest of the army of Israel when they weren't hiding behind trees and rocks. Here's this little kid, and he's going to take on the, the giant. Oh, he can't do it. He's too small. He doesn't even have armor. He doesn't even have any training. He doesn't have anything. He, all he has is a sling, and he thinks he's going to take this nine-and-a-half-foot-tall giant down. But David didn't trust in man. He trusted in God alone. He, he recalled what, how God had, had allowed him to, destroy, uh, to kill a lion and kill a bear. And he looked at that, that Philistine and he said, he's attacking our God. He's not attacking us. He's attacking our God and our God is greater. I want to tell you today that, that the goal, the dream, the passion, the vision that, that God has placed in your life, it doesn't matter how many giants come in your way. It doesn't matter how many giants you have to face. You have God on your side, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See, but the key is, the key is, on, on chasing your dreams and following your passion is how we view how we view the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Have you ever? Um, and this is this is what I have fallen into this, and I'm I'm sure many of you have. We we feel like we know what we want to do, what we need to do, what we're go, what we're called to do, and you make out a great plan. It's a strategy. You have your five year plan and you have your ten year plan, and you are ready to roll. And then life happens. And the problem is, our plans and God's plans don't always line up. Look at, look, at, uh, look at Joseph in the Old Testament. Here's Joseph. God gives him a dream that he is going to be a ruler and that his father and his brothers are going to, to, to serve him. And, and, he, and he went and shared that. And I can imagine in that young mind, in that young, in that young boy's heart and mind, he, would, he had visions of grandeur. He thought, man, I am ready to go. I am ready to roll. God has given me this dream. I am already prepared. I am ready to tackle it. And he shares it with his brothers. And his brothers loved it and were inspired so much that they were going to kill him. 
That's family. But you always have that one compassionate person in the family who says, let's not kill him, let's sell him as a slave. So he, he goes into slavery and, any, and he's serving in Potiphar's house and God starts blessing him and he says, well, certainly this has to be where I'm going to rise and be that, be that leader that God has called me to be, that he gave me that dream. Only to be tempted and when he successfully resisted temptation he was lied on and went from a went from a servant to a prisoner in Pharaoh's jail can you imagine how he felt in the jail here's here's the vision here's the dream here's what he's been passionately following and now his family has forsaken him He's been lied about, and he has gone down to the very bottom. But I want to submit to you that it was the circumstances in his life that molded him, that shaped him, that formed him, that prepared him to live that, that dream and that vision out. He would have never been able to be successful if God would have allowed him to, to fulfill that dream without the character that was formed in him. Are we listening? What character is God forming in you? If you read in, in Acts 27 and 28, here's Paul. Paul has a great vision. He has a goal. He has a purpose. He's going to go out and, and he's winning the world and, and, he, and he gets lied about and he's thrown into prison. And then he's in 27 and 28 of Acts, he is, he is heading to Rome and he feels very, very positive that he is going to be vindicated. He's going to be released from prison. In fact, he's already written a, a new letter to a church he's never been to, the Church of Rome, and he lays out, man, the gospel message so, so eloquently in the gospel of, of, of Romans. And he is writing to a church, and he's, what he's really doing is proclaiming what he believes. So when he gets out of prison, when he gets out from, and when he's vindicated, that he can gather enough funds to go on another missionary journey. And here he is, on his way to Rome, feeling great, feeling wonderful, finally, that I'm going to be out of here, and I won't be, have to just write letters to people. I'll get to see them face to face. Then a storm comes up, and their ship is torn apart, and he's thrown into the water, and in the middle of the storm, has to swim for his life, and makes it onto the shore of a little island. Later on, we know that that is Malta. But can you imagine? Here he is, and, and, he, and he gets to shore, and, you know, and the people on the island are thinking, well, he, was, he must have done something right because, because they were in the, in the shipwreck, and that was horrible, but he made it to shore, so God must be with him. So here he is, he's wet, he's damp, it's cold, it's raining, and he's gathering firewood so they can warm themselves, and as he starts to throw the wood on the fire, a snake comes out and bites him on the hand, and it's hanging off of his hand. And the people of Malta say, 
Ah, oh, he must be a bad sinner. And he shakes off the snake and throws it in the fire. See, now, that's the part of the story where it would have changed with me. Because if I would have been bit by a snake, ah, I would have probably had a heart attack right there. But he just threw it in the fire. And as, they, as the people of Malta watched him, they thought, his hand's going to swell up. He's going to die. I know he's going to die. And they watched him. And when nothing happened, he went from sinner to saint. He went, they were saying, he must be a god because the snake didn't even phase him. And because of that, he was introduced to the leader of Malta and, and was able to heal, pray for, and, and, and the leader's father was healed. And because of that, the gospel was preached in Malta. I can tell you right now, you can read the Bible, you can read it frontwards, backwards, sideways, any, right to left, left to right, it doesn't matter. You will not find it in there that Paul said, I know I'm going to have a shipwreck and I know I'm going to be bit by a snake. See, Paul had his plans organized, but God had a different plan. See, Paul, Paul thought, okay, this is the will of God, and, and he, this is what God wants me to do, but I'm going to go ahead and pursue my own plan. Here's what Proverbs 16.9 says, and you know, this is a great, great scripture for all of us. Proverbs 16.9 says, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Paul was on his way to Rome, but God said, you know, I need my gospel preached over in Malta. Can you imagine what would have happened if Paul's attitude wouldn't have been correct? Now, if I, if I would have been shipwrecked and then bit by a snake, I would have probably been saying, Lord, what did I do to deserve this? I mean, after all, I'm already a prisoner when I shouldn't even be a prisoner, and now, and now I'm out here. Let me get where I really want to go. I said all that to say this. 2020 has brought many things and many challenges. I believe not only in our personal lives, but in the lives of the church around the world. And I do believe with all of my heart that God is using the events of our world, not only in 2020, but I believe in 2021 and maybe even beyond. He, he is using them to strip away our plans and our agenda and our focus on how God should should operate his church, and he's bringing his people. He's bringing you and I to a place where we understand and comprehend that he alone is God, that he is the, that Christ is the head of the church, 
and that, that a revival is going to happen because we're going to quit doing things our way. We're going to get on our knees and we are going to pray and we're going to see the glory of God shine like we have never seen it. See, God puts these situations in our lives all the time where if we're looking for them, if we see them. I believe God gives us divine opportunities every day. I just think that 2020 has brought a divine opportunity for the church at large. Individually, uh, God puts put situations in our life all the time. It's that, it's that homeless person that you drive by and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, Go get them something to eat. Or that extra long wait that you have at the DMV. Doesn't that sound like a curse word? <laughs> That's a thought I probably shouldn't have said. But you're waiting there. And sometimes we can get so frustrated and, and we can simmer on our own frustration and anger that we fail to see the person that God has set right next to us. That's our Malta. See, it's perspective. If we're looking for divine opportunities, we will see divine opportunities. Have you ever bought a car and thought, this car is so unique. I've never seen one like it. So you buy it, you drive it off the lot, and before you get home, you see six others just like it. Why? Because you're looking for it. There are opportunities around us all the time. In our attitude of life, our attitude about the events around us, the, our attitude that, uh, that affects us will determine what we see and what we don't see. When Paul and Silas were thrown in jail because they, in Philippi, because they were heeded the voice of God, I'm sure they didn't anticipate being beaten and thrown into jail. I'm sure that when, when they heard that Macedonian call, that, that they, they had visions of grandeur, that they were just going to walk in and people would say, oh, you're so godly, I see an aura about you. Would you share with me so I can become a Christian too? So we have, we have dreams like that, but in reality, in reality when, when God calls us, a lot of times he, he's, he allows us to go through a pressure cooker, and, and that pressure cooker gets us to a place and, and introduces us to the people because God put them in the prison so they could meet the jailer, so the jailer could be converted and his family could be one of the founding members of the church in Philippi. But if they'd have never met him, that would have never happened. And sometimes God allows us to go through circumstances not because we're good or bad. It's because we have our plans, but God is directing our steps. And, and the, really, the real question we should ask ourselves is not how good we are or how bad we are or why we deserve this or why we didn't deserve this. It's, God, what are you wanting me to see? in this circumstance. 
I can tell you one thing that, that God is, is, is helping his church see is that true Christianity is not about how many programs and ministries and Bible studies you have. It's not about the socialization of church. And it's not about keeping up with the consumerism of the world around us. And, and, if, and if the church down the street is, is having popcorn, we'll have popcorn and snow cones. But, but the real church, God is, is helping the church understand that if we open our eyes and see that there is something amazing that is getting ready to happen, and if we look around, we will understand that the circumstances around us are designed by God. It did not catch him off guard. He didn't look at 2020 and say, wow, I didn't see that happening. Let's look, let's chase our dreams. Let's pursue them and let's see what God will do. I'm going to ask our praise team to, to come back. And if you would, would you stand with me? Here's the beauty of it. The reward to our faithfulness, to the call, to the passion, to the drive in us. The reward is unmatched. When Joseph, after his dream had come to pass, after going into slavery and into prison and, and all of the things he had to endure, got married and had his firstborn son, Manasseh. And he named him Manasseh because the name simply means, God has made me forget. Forget what? At the end of Joseph's life, when that dream that God had given him so many years before, in that difficult, arduous journey, in that formation of his life, so he could fulfill that dream. And there were some difficult times. There were some sleepless nights. There were some tears that flowed through Joseph. And yet he remained faithful to the vision and to the call with joyful heart and with broken heart alike. Joseph pursued the dream knowing that God was faithful. And at the end, when the, when the reward had come his way, when the dream had come to reality, Joseph said, my son Manasseh, because God has made me forget all of the things that I had to endure because the, the prize at the end is far greater than anything I had to experience. I will promise you this. When you stand before the Lord, you're a faithful child of God. And when you stand before the Lord, at that moment, it will not matter what you've walked through. It will not matter how many heartaches you've had. It will not matter how many difficult times you've had. It will not matter how many times your bank account has been at zero or minus 
at that time, everything you've walked through in this life, all the heartache, all the pain, all the dedication, all the commitment, all the joy, all the tears, everything you've walked through, when you receive the prize from Christ alone, you'll say, man, it's worth it. So I don't know who I'm speaking to today besides me, but I want to encourage you. Hang on to your God-given dream. I don't care what's happened. I don't care how dead it looks. God can raise from the dead. It doesn't matter if you think it's dead and gone and buried. It doesn't matter if you think you're too old. It doesn't matter if you think you're too young. Stay committed to what God has placed in your life. And at the end, you will be the victor. Would you pray with me?